From Studio Nowhere, it's time for... Saga USA. Welcome to another edition of Soccer Talk USA. I'm your host, Mark Cedar. This is episode number 290 for the 9th of May, 2011, and uh, got a lot of exciting stuff going on. The uh, EPL is kind of winding down after the big big matches this weekend. We kind of know a little bit more where we are. And, of course, MLS is just getting started. we got some great games to talk about there. So let's get started with some news items, and uh, not a huge amount to talk about, but I did notice a couple things. I was very pleased to see... Uh, Houston's Brad Davis was named Player of the Month for April. He has uh, six assists leading the league in that category, and I always like that. And uh, I'm a big Brad Davis fan, so I'm pleased with that. Um, so that's good to see. And uh, other news, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, the Portland Timbers had their own airplane. Sort of. It's not really their airplane, but uh, the Alaskan Airlines, which is a t-shirt sponsor of the Timbers, um, took one of their planes and completely painted it with Timbers uh, colors. They had a, a contest, and, and people sent in their designs, and they actually ended up picking two of the designs. So two people won the contest and kind of merged them together to make one thing, and they used like 150 gallons of, of paint to paint this whole airplane and uh, took, I can't remember how long, it was a couple of weeks or something. I mean, it was a huge involved process, and uh Got the whole paint painted beautifully. It's green and yellow, and and uh, looks pretty neat. It's got the Timbers logo, the axe, and everything on the on the tail, and it's pretty cool. Um, so anyway, uh, they unveiled it at the Portland airport uh, on Thursday last week, and uh, it's been in all the news here, and and uh, local media has been been pretty excited about it. And the best thing of all is if you're a Timbers fan and you go to fly on Alaska Airlines, and you wear a Timbers jersey. Uh, they'll give you early boarding just for wearing a Timbers jersey. So uh, I thought, you know, that is pretty cool. And that's apparently not just a one-time thing. It's, you know, for the rest of the year or whatever. So uh, um, so anyway, I thought that was uh, some really cool stuff. So, well, let's talk uh, Major League Soccer. And since we're talking about Portland, let's dive right in and talk about the, uh, the Portland game because this was uh, Friday night, the uh, Fox Soccer Channel, um, their unveiling of their soccer, um, what is it, um, Soccer Night in America, whatever, this new broadcasting. I really didn't notice anything that different about their broadcast, so I don't know what all the fuss was about. But uh, they talked about having special high-speed cameras and better, you know, stuff like that. But I never really saw any of that, and it seemed to be, uh, um, I don't know, just seemed like a, a, you know. I mean, they had a little bit of the extended coverage before and after the game and stuff, but, eh, you know, I'm not I'm not a the biggest fan of all that Um I mean, it's fine when they actually are talking about important stuff, but a lot of times it's fluff and it's repetitive and, you know, eh. And lots of commercials put in there, so I don't find it that valuable. But uh, anyway, the game itself, fantastic. Uh, another great match for the men in green. Uh, they, they just play so differently at home, you know. And uh, if they can start playing that way on the road, they got something. But uh, they dominated this match from the start to finish. Uh, Philly really only had a few chances, the best coming in the final minutes when... Uh, Perkins somehow stopped a shot that uh, came through a crowd of players in the box. Uh, Portland didn't create that much in the first half, though uh, nearly uh, near the end they had an open header that uh, Bruner put just over the bar. I thought the Timbers uh, played the first half a bit cautiously, but they came out ready to for the second half, ready to attack, created a lot of dangerous opportunities. The goal finally came off a free kick that Dewsbury put uh, in the box, and Danzo headed past Mondragon. That's Futi Danzo. 
uh, excellent stuff, especially against a side that's only let in a ridiculously low, I think, two goals all season. Crazy. Uh, though the Union had some chances, especially uh, that one at the end that Perkins stopped, they really didn't threaten as much as I expected, giving their trio of, attack- of attackers in uh, Ruiz, Latou, and Mwanga. Uh, Portland's defense is definitely getting much better. Um, two shutouts in a row is excellent, and if they can do a bit better on the road, they should be able to make the playoffs. So, uh, but they definitely have to get, you know, at least get some draws in the road, you know, if they can't get some wins. But uh, so anyway, that was Portland one, Philly nil. Great start to the weekend. Then we had uh, a lot of nil nil stuff this weekend in Major League Soccer. Uh, DC Dallas. Um, mostly the Kevin Hartman show is has a lot. He has a lot to do work to do to keep out uh, Charlie's Davies and. Uh, and DC, uh, his point blank save in the 89th was just amazing, but the bottom line is it worked as Dallas eked out a draw in the nation's capital, so Dallas, uh, DC was nil-nil. Uh, New England, Colorado, boring game at times, so New England made it interesting with some better attacking late, including a foul harbor hitting the crossbar, Nassi nearly getting across to a wide open Ludic in front of empty net, but in the end, it's another nil-nil draw, so not too exciting. Uh, RSL Chivas, I didn't see this one, but I heard RSL beat nine men Chivas while losing uh, Javier Morales to a broken ankle. If you saw the highlights of that, it was not pretty. Tackle from behind. No word yet on what the league's going to do to punish the player that did that. But my opinion, this was way worse than uh, what uh, Brian Mullen did. So if Brian Mullen got 10 games, this guy here should get, you know, 15 or something. Because, I mean, they've set the president. They've got to, you know, that's what they got to do. So, uh, um, I mean, to me, this was this was an attack. He was trying to, not necessarily trying to hurt the player, but, I mean, he was, he was doing something he shouldn't be doing. Uh, Brian Mullen, you know, he was just late. It was just a bad tackle, you know, sloppy. Um, you know, and so this, this I think was, there was no excuse for this one. Um, Brian Mullen has a little bit of excuse. Not much, but a little bit, you know. So, uh, I also didn't see the T, uh, Toronto-Houston match, but I heard Toronto won this one 2-1, to sorry. Uh, one of Toronto's goals was a penalty, I think. Um, and uh, one of the players, Plata, who got, uh, I think he got player of the week or whatever, um, apparently was, was outstanding and, and, and did good. And so I don't know what's going on with Houston. Um, you know, I, th- I think to me this one seems almost like, um, what do you call it, you know, hangover from the previous match because they had that midweek match against uh, um, Colorado where they, you know, basically laid on, let in two horrible careless goals and and lost and this one kind of seems like they just kind of carrying that bad momentum in there so they were unbeaten in may in april and now they they're un have won in may in two games so got to get some things figured out in houston there and and get back on track so uh we had columbus uh seattle montero gets seattle on the board just six and a half minutes in a nice header when he gets there before the keeper Keller made a save a moment later to keep them ahead, and on the half hour, Columbus gave the ball away at the back, and it nearly cost them. Just past the hour, Levesque cleared a ball off the line for Seattle as the crew pressured, but in the resulting corner kick, Chad Marshall was tugged. The ref awarded the penalty. Renteria stepped up, put it past Keller for the equalizer. Late on, Keller made a critical save to preserve the draw, and in stoppage time, he tipped over a free kick over the bar that would have uh, given the crew the win. Uh, a good point for both, really. So uh, I thought... You know, from Columbus's perspective, they were, you know, it was good to, for the, to them to get a to, to get back to a, you know, come from behind and get a draw. And for Seattle, draw on the road's good. So Columbus won, Seattle won. So, and then of course, game of the week was actually game of the week. Uh, ESPN's uh, two's uh, game of the week was LA versus New York. Two MLS's two biggest clubs meet, and uh, apparently it's actually the first time that Beckham and Henri have faced off in MLS. 
and uh, it was definitely worth the wait. Uh, LA get the first chance, uh, a Beckham ball to Landon, but it's a fairly easy save for Condul. Seconds later, though, New York counter at the other end with Dane Richards putting in a ball into space in the box for Henri, who takes it past Ricketts and then cuts it back behind the defender on the line for a terrific goal. Uh, much more like the Henri of old. I was really pleased to see it. Uh, just awesome. Uh, New York lead on the road in the fourth minute. Uh, a minute later, Condul makes a great save on Angel as LA tried to strike right back. And I'm telling myself, this is going to be a good game. And it was. LA's Angel thinks he's equalized in the 25th, only his header is ruled correctly offside. Uh, just a minute later, Landon had a blast from outside the box. It was just wide. New York flashed the ball across an open goal at the other end, but a uh, little bit of miscommunication, and uh, no one else was there to put it over the line. On the half hour, Henri does a juggling show with six touches. I replayed it several times. Six touches as he runs along the end line with an opponent hassling him. Yeah, breathtaking. I mean, I can juggle a little, but I don't think I can do it while I'm running. And then I certainly can't do it while running at the speed that Henri was running at. I mean, he was really moving. You know, it wasn't... You know, he wasn't booking, but he was, he was, he was moving. <laughs> you know, he wasn't standing still, that's for sure. Uh, just amazing stuff. Uh, a moment later, Henri, uh, sets up, uh, Linper with a blast, uh, but his, 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 his blast is blocked by Ricketts. Uh, but then Chad Barrett gets a 1v1 at the other end, and he kind of blows his chance against Condul. Uh, they get a corner kick though, and on that corner kick, Beckham finds Landon's head, and boom, we're tied. Yep. Landon, I mean Beckham to Landon, yep. Uh, then in the 43rd, an amazing sequence where Beckham at midfield sends it over the back for an onside Landon Donovan. He uses his knee brilliantly to, to nod the ball past Conduel, and then with an empty net, he just taps his low roller towards the goal. He's running away, celebrating, but then even more brilliantly, Tim Reed, Ream, defender for New York, he just books towards the goal, and it's like the ball is, you know, five feet from the goal line, rolling towards it. There's like no way he can get there. Somehow he slides in between the ball and the line and kicks it away, stopping a, just a guaranteed goal. I mean, I, I honestly think that's probably the best goal line clearance I've ever seen. I mean, it was really amazing. And I, I've seen a few of them. I mean, I, I, I don't know. That was just for the distance that he was away when he started running at, I think that was the key. I've seen some really amazing goal line clearances where, where you know the ball's heading towards the goal and the player's you know on the goal line or near the goal line and and you know gets in front of it. But in this kind of a case where the ball is rolling towards the goal and the player has to like run and catch, he's actually out running faster than the ball. And and then what do you do when you get there? You know, he actually you know got there, slid in front of the ball, and cleared it away. I mean, just, I, I'm very impressed. I, I know he's got a good reputation, uh, but in my book, his, his his rep went up a few notches on that play. I mean, just just pure guts. And, and I mean, and Landon is just, he's over on the side just kicking himself. If he had just put just the tiniest bit more mustard on that shot, it would have it would have been in. And why didn't he just, you know, knock it in nice and solid? Instead, he tries to get cute and just, you know, dink it towards goal and... You know, I think he, you know, he's one of those things you don't want to blast it and miss, you know. But he, there was no reason he 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 hit it. He needed to hit it that hard. It was, it was just a wide open empty net. He could have hit it quite a bit more solidly, without any chance of of you know side footed it just a little bit more solidly, you know, without any problem. So anyway, let's see. Um, 
Let's see, in the second half, uh, Beckham puts in another perfect pass that Angel should have done better with, but he put his quick shot wide. Uh, then we had the most exciting moment of the night when the ESPN cameras focused on Leo DiCaprio in the audience. Yeah, just kidding about the most exciting bit, but actually, uh, he seemed to, to be texting, which is a little odd, but, you know, I decided, well, you know, sometimes I tweet about the game while I'm at the game, so hopefully that's what he was doing. He was telling all his friends, you know, hey, I'm at the game, it's great, you know. But uh, we'll hope that that's what he was doing. But uh, in the 73rd, uh, I'm still glad he was there. It's great to see, uh, you know, the stars come out. I think that would be uh, one of L.A. and New York's, you know, big thing and get a lot of these big stars to start going to games. And, and uh, you know, that, that draws a lot of other people, you know. Uh, let's see. Uh, in the 73rd, Angel had a header right at Condul. Then De Rosario had a chance at the other end where he did just awesome work to get into the box. But the final shot was a little bit weak, and it was saved by Ricketts. Uh, Juan Agadello came on for New York, and he had a nice header off a free kick in the 78th that was just wide of the post. And then just a moment later, Beckham had his own free kick that he put on target, but uh, Condul made an excellent save. And then Dane Richards uh, had a shot come off the base of the post as both sides were just, it was just end-to-end. Both sides are really trying hard for the winner. In stoppage time, uh, New York had the final chance off of a free kick that Ricketts cleared, and DeRose Blast was blocked. Uh, I think that was it for the chances, but, I mean, I actually thought New York had a little bit of an edge in this one. I think L.A. should be grateful just to get a point, you know, that they got a point in this one. I, I thought, L, you know, New York was a little bit better than the two teams, but it was tight, and all along, you know, especially for a neutral, this was just a fantastic match to watch, and uh, a lot of fun, and some amazing stuff from players like uh, Terry Henry, that, that dribbling act, that juggling act that he did was just, <laughs> to do that in the middle of a game is just crazy. So I can't wait for the rematch in New York. That's gonna be that's gonna be a doozy. That's gonna be awesome. So uh, yeah, hats off to everybody involved in this one. Um, you know that was a great game. That was a really great game. So uh, and a fair result ultimately. So excellent. Well, let's talk uh, Premiership. A lot of stuff going on there. We'll start off with the uh, West Ham Blackburn game. Uh, West Ham are the oh, and I'll mention an interesting stat. I was watching. Uh, um, something they were talking about um, um, that there were no no team all twenty teams in this um, in this weekend's games in the EPL scored there were no no shutouts which definitely sounds pretty, they said it's pretty rare and I think it definitely sounds pretty rare so. Anyway, West Ham are the desperate ones, and this one at the bottom of the table, but uh, they start aggressive, and then horribly, they go down a goal early, exactly what they didn't want, and uh, they just got caught on the counter as Jason Roberts finished off a simple cross. Uh, West Ham's pressure was tremendous in the second half, as they had chance after chance, but finally the ball went in for them when Hitzelsberger crushed a long shot through everyone into the corner. Um, with uh, Thor opening on Friday in the movie, I thought this was an appropriate weekend for a goal from someone nicknamed The Hammer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought Sam might build from that equalizer and get the winner, but though they continued to press and did their best, they couldn't do it, and the teams split the points, uh, with Blackburn being the much happier about that. So West Ham won, Blackburn won. Uh, Everton, Manchester City. Uh, early on, City had the best chances with Patrick Vieira missing a sitter when he had the ball uh, with the goal at his mercy, and he skied it over the top. He was like four yards out. I don't know how you do that. But uh, but Torre does put them ahead in the 28th, getting free in the box on the right side, beating Howard from an acute angle. Everton are better in the second half, attacking more aggressively. And just past the hour, they get the equalizer via a header by Distan. That inspires them to begin to make the City defense look shaky, and then Osmond outleaps the defender to loop a header over to Hart, and suddenly Everton lead. What I liked about that was they continued to attack, though in the last five minutes, City did pin Everton back in the box, but they hold on and hand City a 
huge setback. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Everton 2, Manchester City uh, 1. Then we had uh, Tottenham Blackpool. Uh, Spurs dominate this one. On the half hour, Gareth Bale put in a wonderful cross that his teammates uh, couldn't quite reach. In the second half, Defoe had a bike that went over the bar. On the hour, Bale gets his ankle stepped on. You could see it bend the wrong way. I did not like looking at that at all. Just horrible. Uh, they were talking season inju- injuring injury. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean it's you know how bad it is, but there's only a few games, you know, a couple games left, so it, it makes sense that. Uh, it would be, you know, any injuries at this point in the season is season ending. Um, but the way they were putting his leg into support makes me think it could be a broken ankle, so he could be out for a while. So they stretchered him off, and the worst part, there wasn't even a foul called on the play, let alone a card. I thought that was kind of harsh. So uh, After that, Spurs had some chances, but then Blackpool had an amazing opportunity for Campbell, point blank, when his when a cross slipped through, but his shot was quick shot was somehow say, stopped by Gomez for a corner kick. On that corner kick, though, Dawson leaps in the air, and the ball hits his raised arm. The ref immediately points to the spot. Penalty kick. But uh, Adam can't score as Gomez makes the save. Yeah, pretty. it was a yeah, fairly weak penalty, actually. But, uh, you know, so right there from, uh, from goat to hero, uh, Gomez I'm talking about. Uh, but hold on. On the resulting corner kick, Gomez is so overconfident, he tries to follow his weak punch out and gets himself stranded in a horrible mess. He drops the ball into the path of a Blackpool player and then brings the guy down from behind trying to get the ball back. Just incredibly clumsy, idiotic. The ref has no choice but to point to the spot, and we order a second penalty within a minute of each other. Just amazing stuff. At this time, Adam makes no mistake. He buries it. All of Gomez's good work for not by his own stupidity, just incredible. Uh, you just you just can't write this stuff, you know. Um, so let's see. Uh, then no, you know, yeah, no one would believe it if you tried to write this, you know, put this in a movie or something. They'd say that's just absurd. No, it would never happen. But it just did. So uh, Blackpool lead with less than 15 minutes to go. You kind of wonder if they might be able to hold on, but with uh, two minutes to go, they leave uh, Defoe. Uh, uh, alone above the box with no one even pressuring him. He lines up and shoots and scores. Spurs are level. Time's run, time runs out. Blackpool will get a valuable point, but they've got to be kicking themselves for that one moment of slack defending. Um, you just, you know, in the premiership, these players are so top-notch. You just, you let them alone for just a second, and, and they're going to, you know, they're going to make you pay. So, anyway, Tottenham and Blackpool 1-1. One one. Newcastle-Birmingham, things really got going in this one just past the half hour when Newcastle's corner kick was headed on goal and saved by Foster. But Cudicini put in a rebound, which Foster pushed off the bar, and then Cudicini headed it back toward goal where it was cleared off the line by two defenders. Unfortunately, one of those, Ridgewell, used his arm in the clearance, so he was given a straight red card, and Newcastle was awarded the penalty. Amiobi converted it perfectly low and into the corner, and they lead. Just a moment later, Lohenkrantz had a, a chance point blank, but Foster stoned him. Foster was awesome in this one match. Uh, then Nolan had his shot saved by Foster. Uh, on the resulting corner kick, though, Stephen Taylor heads it towards goal, where defender on the line can't clear it, and Newcastle lead by two. A moment before halftime, though, Foster's long kick finds Jerome onside behind the back line. He gets around the keeper, but the defenders come back to take the ball away. Uh, they don't clear it, however, and he leaves it for Lee Boyer, who smashes it towards the goal, where it deflects in, and Birmingham have one back. That was it for the goals, but Foster had more to do in the second half, keeping his team in this one. Uh, Johnson cleared uh, a header off the line, too, so it was a team effort. But uh, unfortunately for Birmingham, they couldn't find the equalizer and go down Newcastle to Birmingham 1. 
Stoke Arsenal, very combative, um, with uh, Stoke being the early aggressor, and the goal came in the 28th when Kenwin Jones uh, knocks in a corner kick. Before halftime, they had a second when former gunner Pennant goes up the middle, strikes from above the D, and it deflects over the keeper. A moment later, Stoke hit the crossbar. Things get rather nasty in the second half, uh, with several more fights breaking out and some harsh tackles and lots of yellows. Uh, Van Persie had a chance to bring one back for Arsenal, but it was saved by the keeper. Uh, then Whelan countered for Stoke, forced a key save out of Chesney. Finally, Van Persie does get the goal, fighting to stay on his feet in the box and right-footing it low under the keeper. But less than two minutes later, Walters scores for Stoke when Arsenal give the way the ball to him in the box. Yes, you heard that right. They give away the ball to him in the box. It's cleared right to his foot, and then he buries it. Uh, and it soon, it's all over for the Gunners. They're mathematically, uh, cannot catch up with, uh, anybody at the top of the table so uh they they cannot win the premiership uh stoke three arsenal one so then we had the deciding game which was the manchester united chelsea game big match on sunday um basically united is three points ahead of chelsea so if chelsea can win this they'd be tied and um and chelsea would probably have the tiebreaker and uh things could get really you know, dicey for the next couple games. So uh, Hernandez scores just 36, 36 seconds into this one. A brilliant through ball from Park. Puts him in 1v1. He beats Czech. Wow. Uh, that's his 20th goal of the season, Hernandez. And I didn't even – I knew he was probably – I knew he was in double digits, but I didn't expect him to be at, at 20. That's amazing. So uh, now I just hope United kind of doesn't get overconfident. That was my thought at this time. You know, sometimes an early goal can take the edge off your urgency, and against Chelsea, United needed to be aggressive. But uh, United do keep up the pressure early, with Rooney forcing a good save by Czech with a terrific long-range block, and then Hernandez almost sneaks in at the far post. In the 12th, the late tackle on Rooney at the halfway line earns Ivanovic a yellow. Rooney's okay, and in the 15th, his shot is uh, just wide of the post. Chelsea do get a little bit of a chance with Kalou, uh, but the final shot is weak and easy for Van der Sar. Uh, Park forces a save out of check before the half hour. On the corner kick, Giggs plays it short, gets the ball back, crosses it from the end line to find Vidic in the center, who heads it down and in, and Chelsea are two down. Yes. Ah, amazing. But things aren't quite done yet, as in the 25th, Van der Sar tips over a point-blank header off of a Chelsea corner kick, so they're still dangerous. On the half hour, he blocks a drug-puff-free kick. He has another free kick a few minutes later and curls it wide. Late in the half, Ivanovic gets lucky when the ref doesn't give him a second yellow for another foul on Rooney. I thought he should have gotten one, but he didn't. Uh, the second half is boring for a while, so it's kind of a long lull, uh, except for some questionable penalty calls not given. Nothing nothing too extraordinary. And then out of nothing, Chelsea sneak one back when the ball is headed over the back line. Lampard sticks out a leg to redirect it in. I thought it was offside, but on replay, it was not, so good for them. A moment later, Rooney has a great opening at the other goal, but it's blocked off by a defender. As we get on towards the final ten, the pace picks up. The game gets really exciting. Rooney has a shot go wide, and then one just over the bar. With four to go, Hernandez has an open header from a few yards out, but it's just over the top. In the final minute, Drogba gets a yellow for a foul. Four minutes of stoppage are dicey as Chelsea creates some danger, but the whistle blows. United have done it. They've beaten Chelsea. They're now six points ahead at the top of the table. Two games left, six points on the line. The best possible thing that Chelsea can do would be to win their last two games and tie United, assuming United lose both their games. And then it would all come down to goal difference. But uh, that seems very unlikely. United has to face both Blackburn and Blackpool, very weak teams. And all United needs is a draw in one of those games, just one point in either of those games, and they win the premiership.
So that's how tight it's coming down. It could all be over next weekend against Blackburn uh, for United. So I'm rooting for them. I know they're going to do it. They, they've got to do it. But you never know. It's good. You know, it's it's good. Could you know? You never know what's going to happen. It's very exciting. So. Whew, wow. Manchester United 2, Chelsea 1. Uh, then we had uh, Monday's game. That's why I'm doing this podcast uh, Monday night instead of Sunday night, as I wanted to watch the Fulham-Liverpool match. Boy, talk about a crazy game. I mean, we just saw uh, Hernandez score 36 seconds in, you know, against Chelsea for Manchester United. Well, gee. Uh, <laughs> Liverpool says, hey, if they can do that, we can do that even better. <laughs> and what happens? But uh, they score... 32 seconds into this one. Yeah. Uh, Suarez, who was my man of the match, he was a pest all night. He gets free up the left wing, feeds in a cross. It was nearly turned into an own goal by a defensive clearance attempt, uh, except for a great save by Schwarzer. Unfortunately, the keeper gave up a rebound right to Maxi Rodriguez, his foot, and he just finished it in. So uh, you might have thought that was just a little bit of bad luck for Fulham, but they were so out of sorts that just five minutes later, they neglected to mark Maxi Rodriguez at the back post. He knocked it in for a simple cross from the other side. Uh, in the 15th, Suarez was uh, pushed uh, in the back of the box, but the ref didn't call the penalty. Not a huge amount of contact, but it kind of showed what a dangerous line Fulham were playing on. They were just really getting desperate and sloppy. A moment later, Kaut puts in a simple shot from inside the box, and Schwarzer commits a howler of Gomez's proportions when he slips it slips through his fingers at the near post. Just terrible goalkeeping. Sorry, I love Schwarzer, but come on, that was bad. Uh, just 15 minutes in, and Fulham are now down by three goals. Yeah, crazy. Their first sign of life came in the 34th when uh, Dempsey... Volleyed in a corner kick beautifully into the bottom corner, only to see Glenn Johnson clear the shot off the line. It would have been a stunning goal. Dempsey's frustration would let him get a yellow before the end of the half. Uh, uh, Zamora came on after the break and had a header chance right away, and then Dempsey had a shot just over the bar in the 57th. Dembele sneaks one back with a beautiful goal from inside the box as Zamora set him up. On the hour, Dempsey had a header that was blocked on the line, but the goal seemed to stir up Liverpool, who had been quiet since their outburst in the first quarter hour. And in the 70th, when Maxi isn't pressured, he takes the time to line up a shot on it with his wrong foot. He's left-footed, and he blasts a rocket past Schwarzer from 20 yards out. Completes his hat trick. Uh, that's two hat tricks in three games for him. Uh, a moment later, Suarez beats the offside trap, goes through one, uh, gets through 1v1. He dribbles around Schwarzer and then cleverly right foots it from the right side into the empty net. Fulham aren't quite done and dusted yet as, uh, Sidwell blasts one in from, uh, neatly from the top of the D in the 86, but hardly any celebration at that point. Uh, Liverpool come back to force Schwarzer into a save before the end of regulation and then Suarez and Count team up for a chance in stoppage that is only stopped by a player on the line, so it could have been even worse. Fulham are just glad this one's over. Fulham 2, uh, Liverpool 5, and, uh, I think this is just one of those games where just Fulham was just not ready and they went down so early, so many goals that after that, they were just second-guessing everything. It shot their confidence, and they just couldn't do anything right kind of thing. And, and uh, they did get a couple goals back, make it at least a little bit somewhat respectable. Um, and, uh, yeah, for the neutral, it was pretty fun. Uh, ultimately, I don't know if this game means that much to uh, – it certainly means more to Liverpool than it does to Fulham because Liverpool's trying to get into Europe and all that. So uh, big result for them, and uh, disappointment for, for Fulham are usually very good at home. So, uh Anyway, that's it for uh, this week's show. Uh, we'll be back next week on the 16th. And as always, uh, you want to drop me an email. It's mark at soccertalkusa.com. And the voicemail is 206-339-8359. And uh, I'm looking forward to next Saturday night on uh, 
uh, Fox or it's on ESPN, uh, the Portland Seattle game uh, up in Seattle. So uh, that's the uh, Northwest rivalry, and that's I can't. It's the first one of those, and ah, boy, it's going to be great. So uh, we'll see if Portland can do it on the road. You know, that's if there's any game that they could do it on the road, you know, have that motivation, you think it would be in Seattle, but that's going to be a tough place to go and play. So we'll see what happens. So anyway, we'll see you all next week, and uh, have a good one. Bye bye.